Oh, let's turn it up. Hump day, baby. <laughs> Guess what day it is? Uh, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Hump day sounds way sexier than Wednesday, though. They really just <laughs> spruced up Wednesday trying to make it sexier. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMBA show. Let's go. Let's go. Presented by Bet365. Later on in the show, we're going to have a top five list for you. That we hope you'll enjoy. We're also going to talk about Jamal Murray's latest news. Breaking news on Jamal Murray, you guys. Breaking news. We all know this was coming. We already know what it is. We knew it was coming. Uh, In-season tournament schedule came out as soon as we hit end on yesterday's show. So we're going to be talking about that. There's a couple angles I want to discuss on that one. Look at the biggest stories in the NBA. Um, it's going to be good. I got Harrison Wind with me in a skin-colored shirt. Very bold <laughs> to do on camera. Looks who's, like you're naked. Whose skin is that color? Brendan votes. <laughs> sure, he's wearing a Brendan votes skin suit today. That <laughs> came on point for the second day in a row, though. Pins and aces. Yeah, I mean, by now I got a nice uh, collection just to to roll through throughout the week. You know, on day three, so two more. You know, the two things after this, the two things we get the most being in media are hats. Yeah, they just are always there, and then those like cool like coffee mugs slash. You know, like with a lid on them or something. Do you guys not? Have, I the have like the Yeti ones. The Yetis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeti. I have a hundred Yetis. Well, that's like every company, like tech company, yeah. media Yeti. company. They're just they just love the customized Yetis. Not that cool looking <laughs> anymore. I love a Yeti. I love yeah. a Yeti. I got, I got two hats from. Uh, we got a nice little goodie bag from Circa. Whenever yeah. we went out there for summer league, we all got a little, you know, um, some party favors. I got two of the same hat. <laughs> from Circa. Oh, Two man. of the same hat. Oh, yeah, one go. was supposed to be Circa and the other was supposed to be Circa Sports. I think I got the same hat, though. Tough. Could yeah. be wrong. Uh, and then look who's back over there. It's D-Line Co. Here I am, guys. I'm stuck with lowly wearing or wearing lowly DNVR stuff. Can oh, you believe it? That's gross. so disgusting. So boring and plain. <laughs> look at that. All right. Kale, do we have our breaking news song? We do. To play it. We have some breaking news. <laughs> yeah. Jamal Murray is out uh, for the FIFA World Cup. Breaking, breaking Jamal news. Murray. Um, I will, I'm going to start this way because we kind of knew that this was – the, the momentum was certainly carrying him away from playing, and the, the co- quotes that he had were a little like, oh, it doesn't feel like a full commitment. We'll see. So I don't think we're too surprised. i got to be honest, though. I got this – when I first woke up, it was like the first message I saw or first thing I saw. I felt weirdly relieved. Wow. It's it's not weirdly. I mean, it is because, like, I was rooting for Yoke to play, you know, like, and then I, how am I going to do this to Canada when I've already said, like, for Serbs, like, hey, I'm not trying to take your thing from you even though right. it benefits me. But yet that was my honest, like, first, second, and third was like, oh, man, this is great for the Nuggets. <laughs> I well, mean, of course, of course, of course that's it. I mean, <laughs> I'm disappointed because I wanted to see Jamal play for Team Canada. I know – he wanted to deep down like this is something he's wanted to do he hasn't gotten to do for a while just because of the injuries and the nba schedule but you're right i mean this is the best outcome for the nuggets having him fully rested coming into next season the best outcome from the Nuggets is having none of their players play in FIBA, which, <laughs> is, which is what's happened uh, kind of i mean we did lose one which is still really, you know what right. I mean? Right. Actually, even, yeah, I, I didn't even yeah. make it to the World Cup. I, I, that should, was not I a, should take that back. That, that was, was not, not best case outcome. scenario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but for the other guys, Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray, like we love to see them play for their country. We love that aspect of the basketball story and kind of their journey. But the best outcome for the Nuggets is both those guys not playing. Yeah, we. I mean, we 
thought this would happen. Like we we were like, okay, Jamal's making a big deal about it, so he can be appear magnanimous. Like I, oh, if only I could. No, I think he genuinely wanted to. Well, I but I this it happened exactly how we expected it to. So there's something to that as well. But yeah, I mean, you know, from the Nuggets, I mean, this is sort of like twofold, like. Oh, that's great. Like, we don't have to risk him getting injured playing in the FIBA World Cup. But, like, the fact that he's, like, not quite ready to play, also not great. I, I'm I'm curious, like, what... I mean, I don't know if it's... Look, that's the official excuse. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I don't quite know how to digest all of this because it, on, on its face, it's like, oh, he's, like, not 100%. Like, that, in and of itself, not great. Right. Whether or not that's just a, again, a way to sort of like graciously bow out of something yeah. that maybe he, you know, I mean, I obviously still, I still personally have not recovered from that uh, run. Like, <laughs> I'm not and, recovered. Know, I don't know if I could go into a podcast FIBA international dude, well, tournament right would, now. Hey, I'm not the same person. No, I will say the content would have been nice. Like that's just free content. If it's Murray's playing, that's like a whole day show. Us it would have been down. dope to watch for yeah, sure. And that's what I mean. So from that, but you are right. I just went on the radio now with my good friend, Gil Whiteley. And he was like, nice plug. we officially, <laughs> I'm like, I Gil Whiteley. He said, we officially turned the book on last season. And now we look ahead. I was like, dude, I'm not looking ahead yet. Yeah, like, who's turning about? the page? Was like, who's closing August, the book? It's August 16th, man. <laughs> the book is open. There's seven weeks or something. I'm still going to look at the first page of the book we made. (laughs) I've still got so many tweets in the chamber ready to go. We got receipts. (laughs) I I mean, I don't, I'm not the receipt game. That's our guy, Wade, but I got, I got tons of other tweets coming. Holy smokes, dude. Do you really have tweets lined up for the rest of the summer? I've got a couple percolating that I want to get off. (laughs) I should consider my tweets for more than the time it takes me to write them. Just some straight bangers, you know. (laughs) He's like, oh, this will be good for August 23rd. (laughs) This will be perfect. Um, Anyway, Murray's I think some people are getting a little upset at how much I'm into the horse racing right now. Like Jokic? (laughs) Jokic? Like, God damn it. I think I just got to just cool it a little bit on that front. But um, Harley D-Energy is racing (laughs) this weekend in Serbia. Bro, Harley Harley D-Energy on the docket racing this weekend. Is Harley D-Energy sponsored by... The Jokic Energy Drink Company. That's a good question. <laughs> that is a good one. That's a good question. <laughs> um, on maybe our other top story today, the in-season tournament schedule dropped yesterday. Now, I don't know how... Like, the NBA's trying to make this a big deal, so they dropped that first, right? Like, well, we're not giving you the real the other schedule, but the most important part of the in-season tournament, we'll give you that schedule. Do we have it? Did you, did you send that one? Do we have the exact dates? I know mm-hmm. Harrison has it on his. Harrison, walk us through the dates of this. For the Nuggets. Um, so the Nuggets, they released the four pool play games, the four group play games uh, that Denver has next season. Their first one is Friday, November 3rd. That's against the Mavs. Uh, that's on ESPN, nationally televised. That's home game, by the way, versus the Mavs. Tuesday, 11-14, November 14th. That's versus the Clippers, also at home. That's on TNT. So televised, nationally televised Those games. are the first two. And then the second two group play games... Friday, November 17th at the Pelicans, and then Friday, November 24th at the Rockets. That rounds out the four. So first things first here, D-Line. If you were to rank these teams from hardest to easiest, I think Mavs Clippers is probably one, two. Pelicans, three. They might Pelicans might be in that. But I don't know. All say, these teams are in flux. Well, Rockets suck. So the Rockets are clearly Do the fourth we, Again, I don't know who the Rockets are. Do you think they're better than the Clippers? I don't know. Mavs? I don't on. know. Right. Well, you're making this hard. I, I agree. The, it is hard. Are, are they, they better than the Pelicans? Maybe. 
That's what I mean. Like there mm -hmm. are, there's a lot of questions about all these teams. First off, the uh, Mavericks. We still don't know if they are in full tailspin mode. They doubled down on the disastrous uh, roster that they put together at the end of last season. I don't know if they're good or not, man. They have a couple good players. Uh, the Pelicans is Zion involved. I don't know. We do, well, and it's but that's November seventeenth. It's the first month of the season, so the is Clippers he still around. I don't are, know. Yeah, how much load management are the Clippers employing during the the tournament? Not we don't much. know. There's no way. <laughs> they found out it adds an extra game if they win it. Yeah, they're, they're like, uh, we are so out on this. And then uh, who's Pelicans. oh that and the Rockets literally there are forty five players on the Rockets. Who are the Rockets? All right, well then this negates my point, Harrison, because I, I was going to say that they got. Two of the t three tough games at home, and they got oh. the hard game on the road, which I feel like is a good break. I mean, to me, whatever way you slice this, the Rockets are the lesser of the sure. three or four teams. So to me, getting them on the road seems good. And then you get home games against Dallas and the Clippers. Yeah, I think this is how it's kind of set up. It gives the higher seed from last season more of the advantage. Are we going all in on this tournament? Are we going to like... The NBA certainly is, and that's we... my one concern about it. The NBA... As they should, like, this is their new baby. They should market the hell out of it. Like, they've got to make it a thing year one. But it's a little crazy with how much they're hyping it in terms of what it's going to feel like when we're actually in it. I know. You know? Is there, a, is there like, a, a cup or a trophy yeah. or something? Is it? In, yeah, there's a trophy. There's a trophy. Oh, and I'm telling you, here's the thing. This first one is going to feel like a weird thing. Like, what is this? You yeah. know, what does it mean? But I do think if it hits, which we're not sure it will, but if it hits, I do think it's a thing that 20 years from now, people will be like, well, did Jokic ever win the midseason tournament or something? And we'll be like, he was yeah, never, we had a chance to. He we, was never the all-star MVP. We know it, that. Um, again, I'm, my hope, and I think the NBA's hope, is that this is above all-star MVP. <laughs> like, above oh, God. that. Oh, but God. Can you imagine if it's below it somehow? It's somehow below that. That's Jesus. like actually embarrassing to win. Oh, my God. I don't think it'll be that. Like, it's still competition. There's money at stake. I, I brought this point up again. But what When Jokic won... And he was asked the, the title last year, and he was asked about you know some of the most important parts of this or that. He said, Ish Smith, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, getting to help those guys win their first they title. They finally got that in-season tournament trophy they were at. Well, it's half a million dollars. So wow. does Jokic, that's, you know, that's Amy Duomo. That's, that's like one race for her. But for Peyton Watson... No, that's like 10 races for her, bro. <laughs> but for Peyton, yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you got the conversion rate wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my denier is a little... I was off on the latest uh, adjustment. But but for Hunter Tyson, you know, Jalen Pickett, for those guys, I do wonder if it's one of those things that a guy like Yoke looks at and goes like, Pickett's making $2 million. I can get him a whole like 25% bonus, basically, if we win this one. It feels good. I don't know. That that would be my hope. I think it'll, yeah. be, on, it'll be on those players to... Like they, they're gonna play? Well, you're saying like Pickett and Hunter Tyson. Will they be on the squad? Will they be? They're on the, on the squad, but remember these are regular season games. It's not like you're gonna play those guys over Jokic and Murray because it still counts to your regular season record. No, I mean I understand, but I mean probably at some point those guys like we'll need to see a higher level of effort from the bench guys that are going to be most benefited by this. I I'm think, curious. You think they I, will? I, I, I don't think I don't <laughs> think Jokic, Jokic thinks in those terms. I, I don't like definitely, I think it, definitely not him. I think it's too abstract, honestly, the way this all fits together. That I think the pool games are going to have God, the I exact hope. energy of a regular season game. And then by chance, you won your pool, and teams are going to be like, "Oh, we did." 
Okay, we're. I want to win this now, so bad. Now. So now we just need to win I, three. I need you to ask Jokic who's in your in-season tournament oh, pool. Yeah, can you name? I'm the putting team? this who's out in there. Your group. I'm putting this out there right now. If and when we win this thing, we are organizing our own parade. Oh hell yeah! Down Colfax. I, well, here's the thing: the championship. Like, I do think the closer you get to winning me, it, me, the bigger me, the deal me. becomes. So pool play games. It'll be a fun conversation. I'll probably get into it more than the average fan, but I'm not expecting the average fan to get into like, oh, why is this game against the Rockets more important than usual? I'll get into it. They won't. Yeah. But I do think once you're in the tournament and it's like, okay, so you got to win this, this, and this, and if you do, once you, you get, get into the knockout round, that's when I think it will take on a new feel for it. Like the the group play games, they'll be cool to win, but in the end, it's just gonna feel like another regular season game on another Friday night oh, that's dude. on national TV. Once you get into the actual tournament aspect of it, I feel like it will take on meaning, and I feel like people will get behind it. Also, uh, like yeah. if you're in this tournament and it's like, <laughs> all right, it's the Final Four, and it's Nuggets, it's Lakers, it's 70, you're going to be like, oh, what? I don't care what the title is. Like, yeah. we, gotta beat them. we can't let them get this it's, cup. We yeah. don't even know what it's called. It's also going to be a nice little barometer. We get the cup. Just to be I like, so oh, bad, heading into the playoffs, well, you know, the Nuggets, they repeated. Then there were a lot of questions about their bench. But, hey, they won the in-season tournament. Right. They got that going for they them. They proved that when the yeah. games really matter. It's a nice early season <laughs> check-in. To see, you know, just how things are going. You know what? If it's Nuggets, Suns, you know, Celtics, and we'll just say 76ers, okay? Well, it's not going to be them. Whatever. Four good teams. The cup has a good standing. If yeah. the Final Four is Charlotte, right. Denver, Orlando, and Oklahoma City, it's almost embarrassing to be in that. We're like, God, yeah. Get then it's to... not going to really take on that much meaning <laughs> if one of those teams well, wins it. Well, one thing that does take on meaning to me, as you guys know, is who gets national televised games. Now, the big schedule comes out tomorrow, with where we'll know the total tally of national televised games. But this gives us a little peek into what the NBA prioritizes. And what do you know? The number one most tournament ga- uh, pool play games nationally televised goes to the Phoenix Suns. Which is kind of sucks. Like it's just like, all right, they're still more popular than Denver. But then also the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Is Wemby that big of a draw that only two teams, not the Lakers, not the Warriors, their pool play games, no. The the Spurs and the Suns. Does that am I reading into this too much? Uh let's see here. The Suns A are, lot of teams got got two, including well, the Nuggets. Because the Suns, one of theirs is against the Lakers. And then against the Grizzlies. Jazz and the, Grizzlies. the Spurs are against the Warriors. Yeah, like Warriors, Spurs, Kings, Spurs, Thunder, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean look, we're talking look, about two games versus. There's a handful games. of teams that got zero nationally televised pool play games. Like Atlanta Hawks didn't get one. Well, I mean, who wants to watch them? I, who, <laughs> I, I love this. I love that we could just talk about other teams the way they used to talk about the Nuggets. Like, yeah, yeah that's like, the rite of passage. Eric. <laughs> so true. I, that's what I'm saying. I love. I love this graduation. We're just like, oh, oh my, who would watch the Magic? Like, get them. I just the we, Magic got one. Well, here's they the, deserve one. Yeah, they deserve it. Here's the thing about the Spurs, though is Wemby is certainly going to be interesting, but I feel like the NBA does this every year. Like Zion, whatever it is, they're like, we're going to make them on national television a lot. And one, Wemby is seven foot four and kind of rail thin. Yeah. He might go the way of Chet Holmgren or somebody like that, or even a Zion where it's like, yeah, he played in 40 games this year because the NBA is tough and he's never done that before. Yeah, yeah I, would, sudden, I would bet on that. We're watching every Friday game is the Spurs featuring like Devin Vassell. Totally. And we're like, gosh, dang it. These guys again? One of the NBA's biggest issues, in my opinion, is that they're always trying to market what's next instead of what's What's right now. now. Right. Like, 
who are the best under 25 cores? I, like how we see that article two times a year. Right. We see that segment so many times play out on NBA TV. Who is the next super? Who is the next face of the NBA? Let's talk about the actual face of the NBA. Nikola Jokic. Listening to podcasts this summer. I know it's the summer. I know it's the off season. How Dude, who many, would do that? Who would listen to a podcast? How many about segments have you summer? heard about Cooper Flag? So many. Like everybody's doing a segment on Cooper Flag. Who, if you don't know, Eric, I you haven't. know who Cooper Flag is? Uh, is he one of the Manning brothers? <laughs> <laughs> he is white, but uh, I know. Yeah, he reclassed. He is the number one pick in two years. Oh, that's gonna be sick. Who's gonna be like a supposedly incredible? He reclassified I mean, to next year, right? Yeah, he rec- so reclassified to twenty twenty four. Oh wait, then he has to go to college. Yeah, you're He's right. He's going to college next year. <laughs> you're right. Um, yeah, but. There's like one segment on every big podcast about Cooper Fly. It's like, come on, man. The the NBA is just so obsessed with what's next. I mean, they obviously want Victor Wembenyama to be the next face of the NBA. And so this is just the first step in that plan. Three games for the Spurs, three for the Suns. I'm just so curious. What if the Spurs pass the Nuggets in nationally televised games? That would be the ultimate, like, what? We're down here still? I mean, Spurs? let them and let them lose every time. It's uh, whatever. I mean, you, you don't care about that. Uh, I, I don't care about it either. I care about complaining about it. I right. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you're right. Like it, it gives us something. It get, like it, it gets us. It gets How us. It gets us back to our comfort zone. Yeah. Like it, if things go well for us, like we're gonna look around and be like, are we the baddies? Like who are we? Dude? Yeah. Like we're the fucking bullies of the league. Every everyone like bows down to make sure our time here is comfortable. No, no one does anything for us. No one respects us. I love it. It is so remarkable that we get to be champions and underdogs at the same it time. It would be a, just a great tweet to fire out if the Spurs get more nationally televised games than the Nuggets. Oh, yeah, dude. That, that would be a great Start tweet. working. Work on that one. Put it in the chamber. <laughs> work on our righteous indignation. Um, I'm excited for the schedule to drop, only for that one thing. I just want to see, are the Nuggets marquee? They should be, but are they marquee? Or are they kind of just it like, so, the Nuggets got one extra NBA TV game this year. Like, what? <laughs> NBA TV, for everybody out there, does not, does count, not count as national TV. No, dude. I don't even get NBA TV. You don't? No. I, I, don't, I don't get it either. I mean that I don't understand it. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we are going to keep the show rolling by talking about the biggest storylines in the NBA this season. We'll step outside the Nuggets, perhaps, a little bit. We'll get to that. (laughs) Guys, Shady Rays, it's our go-to sunglass company. Go to ShadyRays.com, just scroll their website. They have so many different styles, no matter what style of sunglass you wear. Maybe it's aviators, maybe it's like that classic Wayfair look. They've got it at Shady Rays. They're affordable. They're they have great customer service too. Like if you lose or break your pair on day one, just hit them up. They'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence. You can go to shadyrays.com and use the code DNVR get fifty percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can also shop in store if you want to, you know, try them on, see how they feel in your hand. If that's more your style, they have a location: Park Meadows Mall, a full stop shop, all things Shady Rays, right here in Denver. Shadyrays.com, 
Use the code DNVR for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by 250,000 people. Really the only issue with Shady Rays is that they've not given us a hat that you can wear. They've not given us an assortment of hats that we can uh, choose from and wear on the set. Every, every other read we're doing, we've got a we hat We can wear for sunglasses during the show. Come on, Shady Rays. Step yeah. up your uh, swag game, please. <laughs> also, tell you guys about Bet365. You guys know they offer the widest range of games and Markets available for live in-game betting. I they cannot have... wait to try this bad boy out during uh, Nugget have you season. Not, have you not test-driven it yet? Have, I've test-driven uh, it a lot. Oh, I'm just saying the basketball. Like, oh, I, yeah, I want to yeah. get the whole... Exp- like, I've used it for tennis. I've used it for... It's a great interface, wouldn't you say? It's a fantastic... Dude... This is the thing about Bet365 is this is the most mature of all of the uh, oh, it's so mature. Sp- sports books, but it's happened in Europe yeah. this whole time. And they've timed their arrival on the U.S. after every like the, the craze died down a little bit. But so they are like very well, like th- this is a deep organization. This is not a fly-by-night organization. They, uh, they've got it in, in uh, they've got it going. Man. Also, man, I mean, I love betting on basketball because it's my sport, but football, I think March Madness might be my favorite. Super Bowl than March Madness. Where does the in-season tournament rank? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I might get into it. But football, like Sunday, you just make this all happens at once. You just make a handful of bets. We're right there. We're right in that time God damn slot. It, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be you. betting on Russell Wilson. I hate myself Bet already. against him. You know, you can turn $1 into $200 of bonus bets when you join Bet365. You just download the app, deposit $10, and claim your $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet. For one dollar, download the Bet365 app and use promo code DNBR365. That's DNBR365 when yep. you sign up. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Bet365. All right. I was thinking about this this morning, guys. As I was scrolling all the top publications, you know, ESPN, NBA.com, whatever. Just see what, what are the people talking about. All those I was thinking, blogs. All those blogs. There's are blog boys out there. Thinking what is going to be the number one top story in the NBA? The thing that, like, gets so much coverage that we're annoyed by. Do we have a leading candidate for what that will be? Well, the in-season tournament might be number one. Are you serious? <laughs> it is going to be uh, – there's going to be a curious amount of uh, – of emphasis put on it early on. They're they're trying to make it a little too big, but I mean I'm I'm kind of being a little, I'm joking a little bit. I don't think it's going to be number one, although I am interested to see the. Color it's already of become it. a little annoying. What is going to be the top story in the NBA? Oh, I I think I know, and maybe I'm reading. Too- oh, is it going to be? Is it LeBron's last season? Man, I mean, look. <laughs> is this his swan song? Does he need to go into every? Is this a farewell tour for LeBron James? All right, LeBron can totally need to get him a gift when he comes. Through oh my back. god, oh, dude! Like the, uh, you know what I'll get him? That L on the way out. Oh, you know what? I'll bet you I could see that a total farewell tour that's oh, actually god. not, and then he's just back. And but he's every just arena back, just dude. did the no, like every year they do the standing ovation. Then he's back next year for four more years. <laughs> Are the Miami Heat? Oh, they they actually will retire his number six. That joke actually doesn't work for them. <laughs> like they retired Michael Jordan's jersey. Yeah, right. Who's going to be the sucker team that retires LeBron's? Oh, <laughs> Manishbia. I feel like that's a Manishbia move. <laughs> that's that a total Manishbia move. Um, I, LeBron could totally hijack it. I think you're one year early on that, though. We'll see. I think I, next year's the fake retirement. He was retirement. pondering retirement after last year's uh, sweeping. I you don't know, know if you remember. You know what I think? Actually, well, a sweep puts you in a dark place. <laughs> uh, that's honestly, why I never do it at my apartment. I think he did that not necessarily calculated, but just like his own subconscious Dude, narcissism. He was, he was that 
Popeye's chicken meme of the cook after that yeah, they yeah, yeah, released exactly. the chicken sandwich. Yeah. He was like, Whoa. but but I think he learned something from it. He was like, ooh, that's a card I could play. Oh, you don't think he knows <laughs> every card he can play, which I is just everything all the extent. time? I just feel like he walked away going like, wow, I really own the news cycle with that one. Yeah. That's a, I'll bring that one back oh, in 2024. God, what a disaster. I have two, two thoughts on what the top story might be. Okay. Um, the super team in Phoenix is one. I think they're going to be a top story in the NBA this year. The other one I'm thinking about is... The crumbling of the Philadelphia 76ers. I think that's right there. Probably one, two. Those are the May- two I'm thinking about. There's one other one, I think, and that's the Dame trade. Yeah. There's also a Dame holdout. You know, what's that going to be? I mean, look, trades rule the NBA, right? Trade talk, trade rumors. But let's go first to the Suns one. They do have, I mean, three nationally televised games already from what we see. I would not be surprised if they lead the Western Conference in nationally televised games. The East might get the number one just because there's not that many interesting teams out there. The West kind of cannibalizes each other. But I'll bet Phoenix is the marquee team to ESPN and TNT. And then they have the new owner, which is always a little sexy. You've got the KD and Booker, <laughs> and now you add Beal. You have the drama. You've of got Kata Bates Diop. <laughs> the list Are you talking off. about like what's going to be going into the season? What's going to be the top story, or what will be the prevalent story throughout the throughout NBA? the year? I see. I think that means that they need to be good. You don't they, think they will be? They will be good. They're, this is a regular season good team. Man. They, they will be good. Mm-hmm. Do you think? I mean, I'm with you when I think about like, am I afraid of them in the playoffs? Mm. But I just mean regular season. I just feel like they're going to make they're a lot be of pull up twos and talk a lot. I don't of trash. know if that's true. I don't know. They were good well, last year. Are they a big story if they're not good? They one they are retained they one third of the team. I know that's the thing. Like if they really not, well, <sighs> listen. What's I, wrong with the Suns? For sure, but it's like, are they? Do they have that much box office power? I don't know. We'll see. I can see it. I can see it. But like. You know that might it might die off if there's something else that rises up. We're annoyed of them in their story, but I'm just saying I think that we're going to turn on Sports Center and lead like Jokic has 50 point triple double. Let's see what the top story is, and it's like Kevin Beal, Durant, Booker combined for 60 points. Like wait, like 60 points? Not that many points. (laughs) Come on. I, I think they are box office. I think they are, are a massive story. I think they're going to get the most national TV games probably, maybe outside of the Lakers. But um, I, I think they are going to be front and center every single night when you're thinking about the NBA. Well, because I can see a world that the Celtics are actually good with adding Christoph Porzingis. And, yeah. and that actually becomes the, the team that they look at. Like Could We're be. only talking about three players. Like in – Two of them played together last year. They were good together. I mean, but like, what was the Beatles? Well, I know, but are three those, players? Yeah, but that, that, we're not talking about LeBron James in his prime. We're talking about the death rattle of Kevin Durant. <laughs> I, I cannot believe that we had to all watch Kevin Durant be so deeply ineffective and at times pathetic in that uh, series against the Nuggets, and no one has adjusted their thinking. Can I tell you something though? We're, we're, Booker played so well in games three and four and even in game two. He played so well that we just kind of overlooked that he sucked in the elimination game. He did well, suck. Well, that's what he tells us. They, so. But they'll, they'll tell you his foot was hurt, which, I, you know, listen, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But Kevin Durant just sucked. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he, just, he, he, he was heliocentric to the point that he did not allow other people to, to shoot. And then he missed most a lot. of his he missed He was a lot. terrible. Uh, I think the Harden-Philly thing will probably be... It might be number one, honestly, because this one does yes. have all the makings of a true... Um, 
a 2023 NBA storyline. A 2020. Like, yeah. that, it is tailor made for well, how the NBA is covered and talked about well, in 2020. Well, oftentimes, Eric, these things get resolved before the season gets going. But James Harden is a guy that digs his heels in as well as any star. He's honestly, I was listening to somebody today. I think it was Amin Al Hassan talking Dave about how like in. he's going to get traded before Dame because Dame is over here being the polite guy and not doing. He's kind of being a little bouncy about it. Oh, Whereas dude. Harden's like. This is the first play in my playbook that extends for eight months. If I, I have eight months worth of ways of ruining everybody's He's life. He's got him saved in drafts. But, but underrated, Daryl Morey's the exact same way. That guy goes, oh, you think you can go do a Cold War? I know how to do a Cold War. I'll make this Cold War last year's. So I think that this is one that has some real legs to it and might culminate, Eric. I was thinking about this, and I was also listening to that to mean talking earlier. This might result in Daryl Morey getting fired. James Harden getting traded somewhere cr- surprising but also kind of crummy, and Joel Embiid demanding a trade. This might be a thing that right now is a big story because it's one player, one trade, but it might actually end up being the death of an entire organization mm-hmm. for it, an era. Trust the implosion, man. It's enti- It's fully on the table. I mean, there are a lot of bad actors that are all uh, squaring off. We're really going to... I mean, the, the fact that like James Harden is supremely talented he's been given many gifts and he has just like done the work like just used them for evil in every turn at every turn he's done this before the worst part is that he has done this exact same thing already we know exactly what it looks like there's no calling his bluff because he is not oh bluffing. he's not bluffing there is no bluff to call because this man is not bluffing in any way shape or form he is more than happy to throw a season away he does not care at all he'll show up go through i wouldn't even say the motions he will go through and just like stand on the court um He'll make everything terrible for everybody. They just won't play him. But then Embiid will sit there going like, what am I doing? I, we have this guy we could trade. We're not trading him, and I'm, I'm just sitting here. Do you guys remember when Andrew Bynum was fed up? I think he was in <laughs> he shot a Cleveland. Quarter. Was he in Cleveland, or was that Indiana? He Cleveland? Did, I think Cleveland. He just shot three. And he wanted to get traded. The story is that every practice, yeah. whenever somebody would pass him the ball, he'd just shoot it from wherever he was on the court. No matter where it like was. Like three-point line, half court, full court. Somebody passed him the ball, he'd just shoot it. Well, do you remember Ben Simmons? <laughs> Same thing, another Daryl Morey one. But Ben Simmons, when there was video of him at practice, like in a layup line or whatever like this, and then he had his phone in his pants. Like you could see it as he was like having to go do stuff. They're like... I mean, it's going to be like that. He's going to try to make it as much as how do I not get fined but make it uncomfortable. But here's the other. So I think that is actually a huge, huge storyline unless it gets resolved quicker than any of us expect. But here's the thing that I think the ripple effect of it. What if James Harden gets traded? It's a big story, but, you know, first week of the season, it's handled and it kind of dies down. Then Dame Lillard is sitting there and he's doing the interview with Chris Haynes in November when they're like 3-12. and And everybody starts saying, Dame... You can't do this. Nobody gives a shit about the Chris Haynes interview. Nobody gives a, oh, the Players' Tribune, you did the thing. No, you've got to see. Harden got traded. What's the difference? And then Dame is put in the uncomfortable position to where he has to be the bad guy, which he is not naturally. This is the thing about the current economy in the NBA. It works for the Hardens of the world. Harden has made a fuss, but he's successfully been traded. But has it worked? Well, mm-hmm. no, it's not going to work because of who he is. But I'm saying he went to the places that he wanted to no, go. No, I know, but has it? But it hasn't worked. This is what I has hope. Every, for Dame? This is what I have, hope everybody looks at is like, okay, they forced a trade, and now he's in a terrible situation. He has made his bed, and he is lying in it. Even if he gets traded to another situation, like he comes in with like, it's it's like 
nobody looks at him in the same way. Like he has sullied his the image of James Harden to the point where like now people look at him as a joke. And that this is an MVP in this league. What if he winds up where he wants to be though? He wound up where he wanted to be two times in a row. Well, that's because he's a loser, though, Eric. We have to yeah, that's what the... I'm saying. Like, does this work for? And like, this is what I hope people in this position look at. It's like, oh man, when is anybody forcing a trade to? Like, do we have an example of it actually working? Anthony Davis at the Lakers. Did he force that? I yeah. Guess. Okay, so maybe there's one. There's one. And I mean, Kevin Durant won. I, I think people will look at the the Harden thing and be like, I'm going to do what he did to get where I want, but. I'm going to win because I'm not like him in that I'm, way. I'm me and he's, yeah, him. he's him. I'm just saying, Dame, I think there's a world in which Dame is in Portland in December, Harden's traded, and, it, and Dame looks around and goes, I really have to do this to get traded, and then has to. And it's just weird, and maybe it spurs change. Um, when Binyama is going to be a huge story. I just, I mean. Uh, one suggestion to Dame is to not sign a long-term contract. Same with Harden. I'm just telling you this is how the game's played. I'm just played. saying, like, if he's looking like, oh, I don't get what I want, like, we don't sign the long-term contract. Um, Wembenyama, I think, will be a huge... How big of a story do you think he'll be? Very big at the beginning. At the beginning, yeah. And then, based on how he actually plays, it could go... It could continue on that trajectory, or it could just kind of drop off. Is Chet Holmgren a big story this year? No. He's he, not, the, but The he Thunder are a medium-sized story that could become a big story, and he's just kind of part of that, I think. But even if they're, even if they're good, they're, they'll at best get the Kings treatment. Where it's like people... They might get more than the good. Kings treatment because the Thunder could be, as I've as I talked about previously, the, the NBA always looking for the next story. <laughs> the Thunder could be the next super team. The Thunder do they get, could get more that love. treatment. For whatever reason, the Thunder do get more love than the Kings, just... Apples to apples, you know? So well, just because of the story that, that's maybe. been brewing with I, the Thunder. I think Chet has a little bit more name recognition for whatever reason. Not like Wemby, but I do think he'll be a big story. I'm going to say this. I think one of the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Warriors completely falls apart this year. I think one of those teams, this is the last hurrah. And by midseason, we're talking about... They can't just go out like this. They have to make trades. You know, do we trade Anthony Davis or LeBron or whatever? I think one of those three teams reaches their final demise, and it's a major story. I don't think it's going to be the Lakers. I think it could be the Clippers or the Warriors. I think it's most likely of those three to be the Clippers um, because you could just see the this, this season going exactly the same way it's gone for them in the past few years. And, like, who really has the appetite for that anymore? I mean, I've been on record saying I think the Chris Paul thing is going to be a disaster, and I would not be surprised if he's just not on the Warriors past the trade deadline. That being said, I think the Warriors could stomach that and, like, move past that and still be a team to think about come playoff time. The Clippers just, like, could fall off the face of the earth. If the Clippers fall apart like he's talking about, Eric, is that a top storyline in the NBA? Kawhi and Paul George getting traded somewhere because it's like we're having a fire sale. No, wow. What I about? I, I just uh, yeah. I think that they they emptied their uh, pay attention to me chamber a while ago, and like everyone's like, it, it, it's proven to be a not like successful I, combination of players. Like I still think Paul George or Kawhi are available. Like a lot of teams that you wouldn't expect are starting to wonder about it. Sorry to make calls. Last one. I want to run through two more here. One of them is, is, is Giannis happy in Milwaukee? This is not a storyline right now, but last year was a bit tumultuous for Giannis and the, and the Bucks behind the scenes. They obviously go out sad in the first round, and then they got a new coach. 
if things don't go well for Giannis, I do feel like this is the year where the rumblings begin. If if they have a disappointing year, like Giannis doesn't have time to just kind of sit and not have a direction. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You don't think that happens this year? I or I just think chance? we've said this the last three years now. Ever since they kind of won a championship, it's always been: Is this the year Giannis right. ass out? And it hasn't happened. My last one is. Is there any chance Jokic is a top storyline this year? No, oh, let me tell you right now. No, let's go to a break. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I mean, like, there is there is a new fascination with Nikola Jokic. He is now somebody people have said, uh, many people in, like, upsettingly high positions in the NBA have said, like, oh, this guy's good. And you're like, cool, cool. This is not a rookie in your I league. watched him for the first time. This is a two-time MVP. Good basketball yeah, this player. is a two-time MVP that you're just discovering. Um, it's possible. It's possible. Like, the Nuggets, I don't know. Like, it's funny because I really have been put back into my old mindset. Like, it doesn't feel like we won the title. Like, it's. I don't really see the, the NBA shifting their focus to the Nuggets like I would expect it would happen on to a championship team, but I suppose it's possible. Like I, you know, like I'm just used to being just the underdog that nobody cares about, but I, you know, like there is definitely a a bigger focus on Nikola Jokic than there ever has been before. I think the one way they are a storyline is if they absolutely come out of the gates and start like, you know, 20 and three. Yeah, for sure. Something like that. They have to be warriors. If they start slow, I don't think it's as much of a storyline. I think everybody just kind of forgets about them. Totally. And it kind of plays directly right into, back into the NBA's hand, actually. But if they start quick and they start mm. hot, there's something there's something brewing. God, I hope. I, God, please give us the domination season. Please. It's the difference between the 2021 Bucks and the 2016 Warriors. The yes. 2021 Bucks, everyone said Giannis is the best player. He won the crown, this or that. But the next year, as storylines go, he, they were just another team. The Warriors came out the gates firing, and it was like, not only is Steph the best player in the league, but it's his league now. Oh, and Jokic, this please, that. please. He looks a little puffy, I have to say. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if he's coming back in, in top, top shape. <laughs> Come on, man. We can't do this. We can't do body fat yeah. watch this early. Can't we? <laughs> can't we? All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to try to build the best Jokic ball lineup using all NBA players. This is this week's Bet365 Top 5. Breckenridge Brewery, guys, is the official beer of DNVR. Man, do you ever think about how much Breck Brew you've drank over the time that you've been with this company? Let me think about because this. Because it's oh, been a lot. They've yeah. been the official beer of DNVR forever. We've had them at the bar here since the bar's inception years ago. The Breck Brew Beer of the Month is the Mountain Beach Sour, the perfect beer for summer. Yeah, dude. I got to say, like, Remember when Sours came on the scene? Yeah. I was <laughs> no. I was a little hesitant. I was like, what is, what is this? It's like, off, this is not a, a beer. It's an off-putting word. Yeah. A sour. Like, if it was called uh, sweet, you know, maybe it would. Or if it was just called, like, oh, we've got these new uh, delicious. It was just referred to as delicious. <laughs> yeah. But now, like, I, I like a sour every once in a Dude. while. Not my preferred beer of choice, but in the summer especially, I'm it, down for a sour. It, nothing. There's no better version of a fruity uh, beverage than a sour something like, yeah. with fruit. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. But that is the Breck Brew Beer of the Month Mountain Beach Sour. You can get them for six bucks at the DNVR bar. 
I believe, this entire month. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator, breckbrew.com. Just type in your zip code. shows you where to get Breck Brew closest to you. And if you're local, stop into the, into the DNVR bar. Mountain Beach Sour, $6 Whew. here at the bar. All right. also want to tell you guys about Bacchus and Shanker. When you get hurt, Bacchus and Shanker is here to help. Bacchus and Shanker wins for Colorado families, helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. And they're free until they win case or win money in your case. No upfront free fees to speak with them about the case. No upfront fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win and win money for you. Bacchus and Shanker has won over a billion dollars for their clients. Now with even more locations all over Colorado, including Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bacchus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case. More than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. What I love is they have that easy phone number to remember. 222. Okay. 22. Sure. 22. You what? dial that one. 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker, they win. Alrighty, guys. It's Wednesday, which means we're doing the top three, the Bet365 top five. Sorry. The Bet365 top five. <laughs> and this week, we're trying to make a top five lineup of the best Jokic ball players. Guys that would fit in seamlessly around Jokic. And one of the reasons I thought this would be fun, because we've done this in the past, but now that the Nuggets have won a title, players like Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray in particular, even the KCP Michael Porter, they're pretty close to perfect. Wouldn't you say that it's like... Is Aaron Gordon perfect? Yes, I would say that as a human being or whatever you're talking they've about. They've kind of coalesced into this like near perfect, but I want to see if there's a more perfect version <laughs> For the, for You're talking guys. about just around the league in general? Around the league, man. You can pull oh, in Giannis. You can pull in Curry. You can pull in everybody. smokes. <laughs> I will say this. If we start at the point guard spot here, I think Jamal Murray is frighteningly closer to the number one spot on this than most people would think. I've long said players like Donovan Mitchell and Damian Lillard would be worse in this system than, than Murray just because... Murray's entire package of skill sets fits even better and his willingness to play with Jokic. But I don't know that I can say that for Steph. I still think Steph is the number one top player that would be. He's a, so we're starting, at, we're starting at one versus five? Might as well start at one. <laughs> Let's get, well, make sure five that, would probably be Jokic. We're going to have to use the five spot probably for more of like a six-man utility guy or something. Okay. Because Jokic is going to be playing Steph, here. Steph Curry. And this, yeah. Steph Curry's game is predicated on movement, getting open, waiting for the pass, and then knocking down the three. I mean, I, it's hard to argue with that. I don't know. Shooting very quickly after like you don't even have to be that open. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know how his pick-and-roll game would be with Jokic. Probably great. I mean, it's great with Drake. <laughs> Raymond. Yeah. I mean, something we've talked about a lot throughout the Jokic Murray era, or at least I have, is that ever since Jamal Murray came on the scene, you've gotten less ball is popping, more two man game yes. central. Yeah. That's how the Nuggets have transitioned. They've transitioned from like more of the free flowing style to more of the two man game. Great. And point. it's been a great transition. They they won the championship. They have one of the best offenses in NBA history. A Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic pairing puts you more back into the the free flowing style that you had in like 2017. But I think know. it still works. I mean, especially with Steph shooting, I think it works at like probably a close to equal, if not slightly better. I mean, let's be honest, man. Steph Curry has the most gravity of any player in the NBA. Jokic punishes when you overextend. He punishes defense better than any yep. player in the NBA. Like this is. Murray is very, very close to this. How many players, by the way, at the point guard spot? Like, keep going now. If we say Steph is number one, who's number two? And how far before you get to Jamal? I think Jamal could be number two. 
He shoots well enough, and we all think that he has another leap in that part of him. Like, he can get that three-point volume and everything up. And then he gets to the rim. He's bigger, so Dude. defensively it helps. You know who would probably be awesome? Kyrie Irving. You're joking, right? No, I'm not. I think that, like, his ability to play off of Nikola Jokic and... Uh, You're doing the thing where it's ability versus what would he actually do. Well, I, that's what... I mean, that's what... That's like your brain and I Kyrie's just, skill set is, Because like, awesome. who also... Luka Doncic would also be great next to Nikola Jokic, but, I mean, Nikola Jokic might turn into but Dwight I mean, like, Powell. But, yeah. but Kyrie Irving can be deferential. Like, we've seen it. He's played with LeBron James successfully. I think his ability... His ball-handling ability placed next to Nikola Jokic. He can shoot the ball. I mean, I, I don't know that I'm putting him number two, but I think that he would actually be incredible. But you're right. There's a whole actual personality to, to, to weigh. <laughs> Out of point guards, I would put Jamal Murray too. I probably would too. I mean, it's, you know, there's like Donovan Mitchell. There's like Donovan Mitchell to me is like, he's too much of a ball hog. Like he's yep. too, to me, Murray is the right, he passes, his passing is so yeah. underrated and his passing to Jokic in particular is so underrated. His deliveries to Jokic, Especially Incredible. in this playoffs. Like in that fight, yeah. it's the most underrated thing about game three. Game three to me, while it was the double triple doubles game, it really was the Murray game because of how well Yoke will get the will score a triple double, 30 point triple double every time you deliver the ball to him well. Murray was delivering it so perfectly. And Donovan Mitchell's not doing that, man. He might hit a few more pull ups, he might have a few more fifty point what about, games. Uh, what about Drew Holiday? Good defensively, definitely. I mean, it, game three was also the Christian Brown game, but we don't, we don't have to spend that much time on it. <laughs> the erasure here. I think Drew Holiday is a different caliber. I mean, he obviously defensively elevates you to I'm a I'm not arguing level. him over Jamal Murray. I'm just saying, like, these these are guys that I can see would be good alongside Jokic, which, again, it includes every player yeah. in the NBA. Every time we watch Drew Holiday, what do we say? He shoots too much. He takes the dumbest shots, man. And I just think that there's probably... But is that some of that because he has to rely on Giannis, who cannot shoot for the life of him? He would be an incredible player. I just don't think I could put him ahead of Steph or Jamal. No, no, no. Not not about Jamal. And even a player like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's right now ranked higher, he he plays a different style. Maybe it's like Luka. Maybe those guys could evolve to be what Jamal Murray is. But we just don't know. Right. We don't have it. So I think Jamal is sneaky higher on this. What about a Devin Booker? Oh, this one's going to hurt. At shooting guard? No, at, no, at point guard. If he was playing a point, he's a good pick and roll player. Oh, I mean, I would not have him in the top two. No, no way. I mean, he's not. A, he can't deliver the ball. D- deliver the ball to yeah. Nikola Jokic like Steph Curry and Jamal Murray can. Like he no, just he, doesn't have those type of point guard skills. No, he he plays point guard like Bruce Brown plays point guard. Yeah, like he can yeah. do it, but it's not like the guy yeah. that you want. All right, all right. So we got it. Steph and then Jamal was right there. Shooting guard. Clay. This one's really Clay tough. Thompson would be dope. He's kind of a couple things on Clay. Coming back from the injuries, he's always had bad shot selection, but he hits him. It's like Michael Porter, yep. but he hits him. It, once you hit him just a little bit less, and your defense falls off just a little bit, it's like all right, he's up there. Yeah. And four years ago, automatic. Yeah. I don't think he's that guy anymore. You need a good defender at the two. Have to. If you've got Steph Curry and Nikola Jokic as your top two players. Just have the Warriors plus Jokic. (laughs) Or like Draymond would be great. Like I I was thinking about Devin Booker in that spot. But, I mean, would you rather a little less offense for more defense? I think you would. At the end of the day, yes. At the end of the day, although the offense with Steph and Booker. I mean, I'm trying to put together a real team. I know. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right, though. I put in here a small forward in Mikhail Bridges. In large part because I just think that you probably just need length at this point. And yes, he's a small forward, but guess what? He can shoot the three, he can run a little pick and roll, and he can stay out of the way. He's a smart player. 
I kind of like him almost as like a perfect. You're building the super team. That's interesting. But he's out of position. Mikhail, yeah. Bri- you, uh, you, oh, you put him at the allow, two. Can we allow that? You're putting him at the two? I mean, I'm, I'm not putting him there. I'm just kind of speculating. What about Bradley Beal? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> KD? Is there another um, player that you Yeah, we could put KD out of position oh at the two. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I would put Devin Booker on this list. Devin I, Booker? I mean, way lower than... Uh, but he's number Jim- two? Or would you put Jamal Murray? Is that actually... Jamal, no, this? Jamal Murray is number two. All right, so put maybe it's Jamal Murray the best. We just yes. said it. No, you need, def- you need a bit more defense. I think you need defense at the two. I mean, he is 6'5", though. <laughs> We're not doing this. <laughs> he's not six five. Jamal Murray is six five. No, he's not. Yes, he is too. He's six he five. Dude, I'm telling you, Jamal five, Murray is six man. five. I never. I, I err on the size of they're shorter than they say. He's six no, five. No, you man. don't. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I have no uh, thoughts on this. Um, okay, well, Anthony Edwards. Is there like? I mean. Is Anthony Edwards maybe a guy here that you could see? Would he be good with? I mean, he's just good. He is just good. I don't know if he'd necessarily be good. <laughs> is he like specifically tailored to play against uh, next to Nikola Jokic? I mean, to me, the guys that are are best suited to play with Nikola Jokic are the guys that are able to get open and knock down shots when they have the ball perfectly delivered to them. Can either uh, cut really well and can get passes that. It's like guys that are just wanting to move around to receive perfect passes that are able to move without the ball, cut without the ball, play defense and the shooting part is the only part here, but what about Jimmy Butler? Oh he's God. a three. Yeah, I mean he's a two. Look he's at- a three. Do we not have a good answer here for our for our two? Do we not have one that we've kind of I, settled on? I think answer. So wait, are we saying answer. that the, these are the positions? The yeah, one, yeah. the two. Yeah. Oh, not the top five. No, we're making a. a oh, a I'm confused. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Anthony is Edwards, Drew Holiday in this one? Is this where you go with Drew Holiday? At the three? No, at the two. <laughs> at the we don't. Two? We don't haven't figured out two. Kale's just just chomping at the bit here. Well, I so think the, we could plug Anthony Davis in or Anthony oh, <laughs> Anthony oh, Edwards oh, in no. for now. You think Anthony Edwards might be the guy? At I two, mean, huh? I might, shoots. I might take KCP. <laughs> <laughs> I, why not? I mean, you're right. Defense and three point shooting. I mean, he shot forty, what forty three percent or something last yeah. year. I, I struggle to find many, because you also got to think about oh he's got to get enough shots. Is he going to be happy being the fifth option in this type of lineup? KCP maybe. Tyrese Halliburton. Shea Gildas Alexander, any of these guys move no, the needle? No, no. too ball dominant. <laughs> too ball dominant. You need a Jaylen guy Brown. who's going to be cool with very little touches. Jalen Brown, as I long know. as you don't make him go left. He's good. He's good. He I, 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 my pick is KCP. KCP for real is going to be your pick? Yeah. Alex Caruso? You just laughed at KCP and you nominated Alex Caruso. <laughs> He's a better defender. Yeah, but a terrible shooter. Oh, my God. Are we really going with KCP? We only replaced Jamal? This is going to be terrible. All right. Let's go to the <laughs> let's go to the next one. Small forward. You guys can put whoever you want there. I was just giving my opinion. I maintain that, for me, the small forward player if, is Paul George. I just maintain that. He's one of the best three-point shooters in all the NBA. He's MPJ's height. He plays lockdown defense, team and individual. I am concerned. Did you guys see the clip where he says he doesn't know how to cut? That part's a little concerning. He'd have to he cut. He said that? Yeah, he's like, I don't know <laughs> how to cut. That was on his podcast? On his podcast. He's like, a lot of guys, man, they know how to cut. I wonder I if he's going to try to get on somebody for taking that see, out of context. I would put Bridges here. What's that? I would put Mikael Bridges here. I think Mikael Bridges is a very high – because, again, you don't need that much – you know, offensive creation. You got Stefan Yoke. You're set. 
Yeah, and but he can also create off. Like he's a good. Yeah. he's a good offensive player. Is we he Paul George though? Is he as good as Paul George at any of the skills Paul George is though? I don't know if he's as good of a defender. I don't, I don't know if he's know as what, good of a shooter. I don't know Paul George is anymore. And like I don't, he's not a guy that I think about. If like, healthy, he could be the best small forward of Jokic. What should it be, Kawhi Why? Leonard? Could it be LeBron James? <laughs> Could it be LeBron James? Oh, God. It probably is, dude. That's, uh, I hate this list. I don't want to publish this. Can we not? <laughs> we don't have to. Where do you settle on this? You could settle it. Mikhail Bridges, Paul George, LeBron James. Paul George. All righty. And then the four, I think, is the easiest one. Aaron Gordon, very close on this list, but it's got to be Giannis. Giannis is, yeah. Giannis is <laughs> like... Be a good combo. He's like Aaron Gordon, the top, the toppest version of it. Yeah, dude. If you had Giannis that was just thinking about cutting, just doing the Aaron Gordon Jesus role, just to the dunker. Yes, I think it's easily Giannis. Now, here's why I wanted to do this list. How I thought it was interesting. Jamal, and then you have Jokic, obviously at the five would would be the five guy. You could we can maybe we'll just leave it here. Steph Curry, Murray, very similar. And if Murray ups his three point shot making, like that gap gets even smaller because I actually think Murray is better at the in, you know or as good at that in between game. He finishes almost as well as Steph. His handle is really good. He's very close to Steph in all of the things except for three point shooting, which nobody's close to him. But that's a good comp. KCP is literally KCP. Paul George is like the best Michael Porter, right? Six ten knockdown shooter who can also handle and has strength and can defend, right? Giannis is in the same mold of Aaron Gordon. So the Nuggets have kind of built. The reason I think this is an interesting list is I was making it. The Nuggets have kind of built as good a possible team as you can, given the proper molds of players. Yeah. That's what happened. What do you think Paul George shot from three the last two years? <laughs> I'm going in 34%. Man, the way you asked that, 38%. 35%, 37%. <laughs> tough. Knockdown. It's tough. Uh, that's the thing. This is why, again, we, we're able to revisit – with uh, you know, looking fondly at the way that the Nuggets have been built because they were allowed time to do it. They found their core, and then they built around it in the way that other teams don't do. Like the Phoenix Suns are just collecting big names. They actually right, aren't thinking right. about how to put them together, how these talents actually coalesce, who, exactly is, like who shoots, who defers. Who, like I cannot wait to see the your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, my turn, your turn with the, the Phoenix Suns this next year when it's like... I guess Beal's supposed to shoot. He hasn't shot in a while. Like it's going to be ridiculous. There's right. going to be part times where you're like, unless they're hitting shots. Obviously, it, they're just they're not making each other better. The Nuggets are constructed in a way with vision and having time and um, trust and you know faith that if you set the right path, it'll actually come to fruition there's nothing more satisfying than the fact that it actually worked and it worked like so well and i'm hoping that other teams like look at this and they're like okay you know it's a game of attrition it's a game of you know figuring out being strategic in long-term fashion and looking at the the 500 foot view instead of just always being like oh we gotta get blah, 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 blah. um or actually i hope they don't you know yeah. F it. like <laughs> but I it also nobody takes time though because it we does. have to find out that gary harris was the right mold but wrong size probably will barton wrong role complete completely you know, Paul Millsap was a great player for Denver, but I think even that was like, okay, what do we need here? Maybe a little more pop, a little more athleticism. Like, you just go through things and you realize, and then if you do stick with it, which is so rare in today's NBA, you do probably arrive at a point where it's like, okay, this is the mold of player we need. What's the best yep. we can get given the budget constraints that we have? And Denver might have done 
the actual best you can hope for. They absolutely five guys. did. Realistically speaking, Realistic, I mean, this yep. is a great list. It's not realistic. Of course not. Uh, realistically speaking, I don't. There are very few guys out there that you could plug in and have a better fitting starting lineup. Dude, yeah. it's perfect. The only like the only player that I would be like, like is MPJ because I don't know what we get out of him all the time, and he has shown a, a propensity to come up small in big moments. Uh, man, I, I can't give him that. He's come up big in big moments too, man. He, he has, has but I'm just saying like I don't have any questions about anybody else. You're right, but Michael Porter is also the youngest. You know, like yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not here's advocating I getting rid of here's him. Here's one thing I'll say: when I did my rewatch, when I went back and rewatched some of these games, Michael Porter's defense stood out to me the second time, and it was I was excited. I was not looking for it, but I was like, first play of the series against the Lakers, he LeBron. Gets him switched out and goes one on one, and he just forces him into a terrible shot. Yeah. And I was like, he's got oh, yeah, it, dude. One on one on LeBron, and he holds his own. He's got all of that in him. That he's was got one all of it in yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, and there was a couple. I'm just saying when I watched it, it popped. Those plays pop so much because you're like, oh, a team has found their mark. Yeah, and then they go away from it. They're like, that's not our mark. We got to yeah. find another one. Yeah, but if I if you were and to then ask he me, couldn't hit a three. If you were to ask me how to take the Nuggets to the next level, it would be like, all right, let's bring Mikel Bridges in okay. to that spot. All right. Well, we'll find out what happens with MPJ this year. Well, Turn uh, into Mikael Bridges. And, Only and let's go sixteen and three. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we right. don't need to get better. We just need to keep going. Yeah. I'm All right. Get... Mini break on the other side. I do have a crazy proposal as we get out of here for Wednesday. I have a crazy proposal to fix the World Cup. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Knowing what you're going to say, if that's right, <laughs> <laughs> guys. I want to tell you how to become a DNVR diehard. Mm. Um, I'm sure a lot of you listeners on YouTube, you are DNVR diehards. But if you're not, you can sign up for $6.67 a month. $7 a month. That's like nothing. With becoming a diehard, you get a free t-shirt. Yep. That's already 30 At bucks, sign up. $35. Plus a free t-shirt every single year designed yes. and made by this guy. That's right. We just launched a whole line of um, Prime shirt. shirts, University of Cardo football, awesome stuff. <laughs> There's CU shirts, yeah. <laughs> I like that he gets the credit for them. He does. <laughs> I call it the Prime Collection. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Prime Collection. The Prime line, yeah. yeah. You get 20% off merch always. Always. 365 days a year, 20% off merch, 20% off all events. The Broncos tailgates, tailgates are starting up. They're going to be popping this year. You get access to the Die Hards Only Discord. You get 15% off your tab at the DNVR bar. Plus, you get access to exclusive merch that just the common folk don't. You also get a physical Die Hard membership card as well. Um, you also get access to the DNVR Die Hard content on our website. Roundtables from the Nuggets Doing staff. those every week. We got tons more content coming this summer. Plus, the Die Hard access across the entire DNVR site. Again, you can get that for just $6.67 a month. It's a great deal. Just go to thednvr.com. There's a link right there on also, the front to also, sign up to also, be a diehard. Uh, it helps us stay alive. <laughs> it's always if a you're good interested thing. in us being t- still, become, uh, still being a thing, this is a way to help ensure that that happens. All right. Speaking of keeping things a thing, the World Cup this year has had a lot of people drop out. A lot of people. The U.S. is sending their C team. We can't get it. Now, the Olympics next year, a lot of people say, hey, I want to go to the Olympics. That one's the big one to me. But these FIBA competitions, these World Cups and America Cups or whatever, they just have no shine. Not just for the U.S. Team Canada is having a hard time. Like all these different places. Serbia, obviously. 
we kept talking about, okay, the Saudis are clearly trying to get involved in sports. They're trying to get it. Uh, I don't see them overtaking the NBA. I just think that's too big of a bite oh, never. for them to get, right? That's too big. But I look at FIBA, and I hate FIBA. FIBA, I think, is run very, very poorly, you know, at, overall. They do qualifying events that are during the NBA so that all these countries have to scrape together a group of guys to go qualify. And then it's like, oh, some of the top teams didn't make the final stage because they didn't qualify in January. There's so many dumb things about it. And then on top of that, the various governing bodies, national bodies or this or that, they're old, there's so many that are old school. They haven't got with it in part because FIBA is so separate from the NBA that how do you serve the two masters? But what if that was the corner that the Saudis looked at and said, international competition in the summer? What do players want? Money. Mm-hmm. There's a financial incentive. You go there and you win the thing. Like You get paid to play in it, but then also you win a bunch of money if you win the gold. All of a sudden, is the top players looking at that going like, oh, man, I can make an extra $5 million this summer and do this. Maybe that's an incentive. Can you work around the NBA schedule so that it's always fits like, hey, we're not doing this one week after the season ends or right before it begins. Let's find the perfect time where NBA players can still get a bit of an offseason. And then where is this located? Manila? I don't Philippines love the Philippines, big basketball country. Let's put it in Saudi Arabia. Let's put it in no, Qatar, no, 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 no. Dude. Well, first of all, that's not how it worked with Liv. Put it in Paris. Put it in London. Put it in New York. Put it in L.A. Put it in cities that have major marketing opportunities because when do people play? Beijing, Paris, like the big markets where it's like, well, it's good for me to go there. Nike's actually going to have some events for me, and it's a big deal, and it's actually prestigious. You hold it and only – you rotate, but it's like only a handful of major cities where there's opportunity. To me, I look at this and I go, that's perfect. It, it's more regulated to fit NBA players. There's a financial incentive. There's a market incentive. And then I even thought, what if you made qualification easier? We all know who the good teams are. And sometimes, like, U.S. has to qualify by beating Venezuela in February. And it's like, okay, well, and if they don't do it, then they're not in or whatever. What if we had a system of relegation where it was like, these are the top 10 teams in the world. We know it. And they're in so long as they don't drop below the level. And then everyone else is competing to get those final spots. But your Spains, you know, your France, your U.S., these teams, like they would have to get relegated before they're not invited. So we don't get a situation where they're just not there. So you want a champion Nations League. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly it. And you want the Saudis to... I think you're to... trying to make this bigger than it actually and is. And you want the Saudis to oversee this to make sure that it's run with the utmost ethics and... Uh, uh, That's, that exactly what I'm saying. Okay, um, I've got a couple issues with this plan. First of all, we're acting like FIBA's not totally corrupt here. Like, oh. Let's actually not... This is the thing about us. We're... I'm saying you cannot look to FIBA as the way to fix anything. That is as corrupt as it gets. So? And one of the things that they show, one of the ways they showed that they were corrupt was aligning with the Middle East and taking blood money to (laughs) host their event in Qatar, where they used uh, human slaves to build the stadium. I'm going to say no on that if we can. Um, I want international (laughs) competitions to be... To there, succeed. There's another way to do it other than aligning with Saudi Arabia. <laughs> what is there, the other way? There's there's just got to be another way. <laughs> well, I don't think there is. 
I'm just saying this is their playbook. Is that there's got to be another in. way for sports to survive play, other the, than to align with the Saudi Arabia? Is what Adam. league or you know what what um, federation has left money on the table and has run poor out poorly? The NBA, I don't think, is that. I just don't think they can take the cultural bite. Saudi Arabia like, can't be every league's just lifeline because they have an unending well, sea of money that they just, yeah. Um, I, also, the the solution to get people to care about it can't just be money. That can't be the only solution to all of this. It can't be. I kind of feel like it's. I mean, what else is there? Well, so pride of nation. What has yes. to? I mean, what has to? So some some part of this is like the the sport itself just has to naturally grow throughout the world. There has to be like if we We're just ready, have. Though. What's that? We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. No, but that's, I'm saying the world's ready. It's a global the sport. The world's not it's ready. Bigger. It's getting bigger. Getting it, bigger. Like, the, there is just, it's not quite to that point, but like, with attention comes the money, comes the focus, comes outrage, comes like all of the fights that take place with the nations, making sure that it's advantageous for everybody that takes takes part in it. Um, right now, it's just a little bit too top heavy. And that's the thing is, it's going to be top heavy and weird until. The Philippines Maybe actually. Maybe the NBA then. All right, let's say take out the Saudis. The NBA like comes up with this alternate thing that's sure ability to go. I just am saying like to me, FIBA is the one I look at and I go, they're never going to be able to get this right. It's too old school. But the international competition is ripe for a nice, interesting event that actually becomes a nice supplement. And I would be, and I would welcome. I mean, it, it starts. I think the world it, honestly, it starts it. with the Olympics. The Olympics is the one, uh, it, like the one uh, organization that you can look at that is like the closest to not being corrupt because it actually like has uh, roots and foundation in not being a for-profit kind of thing. It's like actually just supposed to be like for the the goodwill of men. If the Olympic competition gets to the point where people really actually care about it worldwide every year, like, and then that breaks off, and then there's focus on it's just like. It's tough because it again like there's just only a few nations that really really are involved in this. But like every b- basketball is a game at its core that should and will eventually be worldwide because it doesn't take that many things to play. You just need a hoop and a ball. Like right. Soccer is popular because you need a ball. That, that just shows it. you how bad the FIBA brand is. That the Olympics matter because it's bigger than FIBA. But the Olympics FIBA is also pretty. Vlad, you're right. The Olympics. <laughs> yes, the Olympics are everything is corrupt, but the Olympics are the least corrupt. I think of the of the international uh, wow. horse racing. Very corrupt sport. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredi- incredibly corrupt. Well, what a what a sunshine hump day we had for you guys here today. Um, that does it for our show, though. We will be back again tomorrow. Everybody, hit the like button for us. See you. Let's go.